Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by Desmond Bennett. Desmond is like a lot of athletes. She had some big goals. She was training for her big goals based on what she felt was best. She got injured because of overtraining, dealt with the frustration of those injuries, and then was fearful to return to her running even though she had these goals that she still wanted to accomplish. So I brought Des on to share her story of what her training was like before, what her rehab process was, and what it has been like now working with a coach. So let's dive in and listen to Des's story. Des, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. It's a cooler day today, but not as cold as where you're at, so I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, you've dealt with a number of injuries. You've gone through a process just like most people who are injured and came out of that and are totally doing awesome with your training now, um, which is why I wanted to talk to you because so many people get frustrated with this injury process and being stuck there forever and can't break out of it. You figured out how to break out of it. And that's what I want to talk about today. But first off, who are you? Um, well, I'm Desmond. I have been kind of a casual runner since early in my 20s. Um, you know, sometimes here and there, I'd, I'd run about 20 miles a week. I did two half marathons. Um, but then in early 2019, after I took the Wisconsin bar, I, I was pretty disciplined coming out of bar study feeling good and ready to attack some fitness goals that I hadn't ever done before. So I started running a lot more regularly nearly two years ago. Um, and that's how I got started on this journey. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. When you started that journey, what did that look like for you? Like what was your training like? How did that process go? Um, were you doing it by yourself? Were you working with someone? What was all of that? When I first started back in 2019, I had initially registered for another half, which I thought was really no big deal because I'd done halves before, um, you know, following a plan I found off the internet and, and not getting hurt. So I, I was not that intimidated by that goal. However, um, I'm not sure what was different, maybe just getting older. I, when I started training for that half, just a couple weeks in, I dealt with some hip pain associated with my IT band. And so I kind of had to back off and that actually led me to strength training because I couldn't run. So in a way that injury was good. I, I was able to rest it for a week or so, um, get a massage and I was okay. And then I discovered strength training, which certainly helped me, but I have a lot of grit, a lot of consistency, a lot of work ethic, but I had no direction last year. And um, as you well know, I ended up hurting myself because I just, it, it, the most classic overtraining injuries you could come across, I did it all last year. So uh, that's kind of what got me started thinking, I could use someone else who knows what they're doing to help channel all of this enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a common issue that people find or that I find when talking with people and that people find themselves in that we have these big grand goals, which is great. It's great to have them, but we don't necessarily know how to go about obtaining them and that, that healthy process to keep that out of that overtraining. 
Um, but backing up just a little bit, so you were dealing with these injuries. What, so you mentioned IT band, what else did you deal with and like how long did that injury process and recovery process take for you? Okay, that was, so last year in 2019, I had decided to train for a November marathon and I trained throughout the summer. Um, I was also doing CrossFit. That was the strength training I had found. And around September, things kind of started. I remember I was tired all the time. Um, my brain wasn't as sharp as normal, which I'm an attorney, so I, I kind of have to have my brain sharper. I got out of bed, my feet just kind of ached to hit the ground. It was just, I could, looking back, that's when things kind of started to fall apart. Um, I had different ankle pains for probably three to six weeks before I went out that you do usually three weeks before a marathon. And about 12 miles into that run, I was really, really in pain. And I, I, I had to stop and walk. And after, I think it was around 13 miles, I just wasn't able to run anymore. Um, I, it was my right ankle. Every time I would put my foot on the ground, it just gave out. Um, I, I've since learned I have a very high pain tolerance. And so I can't always, um, it, you can't hurt, like I can't wait until it hurts too much to run because I don't really have that. And I think a lot of runners don't have that. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the many lessons out of that experience. I stubbornly stomped the final like four, six, however many miles home because I was too prideful to call for a ride. I thought that I was just going to be able to like take a couple days off, massage it, and I'd be fine. But a week later, I still couldn't walk. <laughs> Two weeks, three weeks later, uh, you know, at this point, I've I've admitted I can't run my marathon. I still can't even walk. My ankle swelled up really big, and I finally thought, okay, maybe I should see a professional about this. <laughs> Um, but I did the normal process of getting it x-rayed, confirming there were no stress fractures, and then started the, the physical therapy process, which took another several months. Um, I live in a small town, so there's not a ton of different options when it comes to physical therapy, especially focused on athletes and runners. And uh, when I started, I did see some initial improvement in that I was able to, like, six to eight weeks after that initial really bad onset of the injury. I was able to walk again without pain consistently, but I still experienced pain on any impact uh, on, a, on a lot of different movements. And I kind of plateaued in that spot where I was for the most part walking without pain. I had a heel lift in my shoes. Um, I, and, and the physical therapist I was working with, I, he, I more exercises just kept getting added. And like I was doing almost 90 minutes of PT a day. It is really hard to stick with those really simple, basic, non-exciting movements when you want to run. Um, but I plateaued and that was when, you know, mentally, I think all runners can relate to this. You get a lot out of running and when you don't have that, um, and it means so much to your mental health as well as your physical health, I got really, really discouraged. Uh, and that was definitely a low point of the injury that, again, led to me thinking, maybe what I'm doing isn't working. Nothing's getting better. What else can I try? So when, when you're at that point of that plateau not getting better, 
what, so you had already gone to therapy, you've already done all that standard stuff. What was your next avenue? Like, what did you look into next, knowing that you've already tried the therapy thing and there's really, when people are thinking about the, the process, there's not a whole lot of other like professional type options. Right. So I did what most runners do and I turned to the internet. Um, and I had, uh, I don't think I've mentioned, I had, I was diagnosed with posterior tibial tendinitis in my right side. And I'm not super familiar with the stages, but my arch wasn't collapsing or anything like that, but that was my diagnosis. And when you start looking for that online or you join some of these injury specific Facebook groups, it can get really discouraging and really scary. Um, oh, I was kind of muddling through the waters of the internet. I also didn't understand that the difference between physical therapy that's going to work for you and that, that, that didn't, I've never had physical, I've never needed it and then had it work for an injury. So when it wasn't working, I was just like, well, this isn't going to work. And I did try some dry needling before things got shut down for COVID. Um, but I turned, and that was when I found the Facebook group for running injuries. Um, and was able to connect with you, which I'm happy to share as part of my journey that we work together on this. Um, and, and I think some of it was just that the physical therapists I was working with weren't very focused on running and, and didn't just didn't comprehend how, how much it meant to me and how important it was for me to be proactive in my recovery. So when I finally started to find voices online showing you how to be more proactive, okay, if this isn't working, if you're plateaued, the answer isn't always to get in a boot and sit on the couch for two weeks, that there's ways to move through it. And for me, especially mentally, once I started finding ways to keep moving and feel proactive about that recovery, that was a game changer um, physically and mentally. And I think you, you made a huge point there and I was, I've talked to actually my Prolo and PRP doctor recently about it. Well, I guess six months ago now, time flies. Um, but that as athletes, especially with runners, it's so important to keep some sort of activity as much as we can, because that is such a part of our identity and part of our mental health. Um, so it's very like, I like that you were, like figuring out how you can still be the person you want to be and do the things you want to do in a different way um, through this process. Um, and it is tough when we're dealing with the world of the internet because it's such a rabbit hole when you get into these chronic injuries of like feeling like it's a death sentence and like there's nothing else you can do. You're just going to have to live with it or run through it or give up running or all these things. When 99.9% .9 of the time, that's absolutely not true. Absolutely. And, and I think, well, I, I remember such a distinct moment in, in one of my last physical therapy sessions where I was just really frustrated. I was trying to get some answers on this plateau. At that point, I was thinking, well, maybe I should just try running because nothing's getting better and I'm going nuts. And when I said that, I got the, well, if it's not better next week, I'm probably going to refer you to an ortho to put you in a boot for eight weeks. And I did not get out the second set of doors before I was crying. Uh, that, like, that death sentence was, <laughs> um, it, it was a lot for me to wrap my mind around. And I just, in my gut, I just really didn't think that, I, I had already tried so much rest. And I'm like, I just didn't 
I didn't know what the answer was, but I really didn't feel like it was rest. And I didn't feel like that was just my stubbornness talking. So between working with them and working with more of a run specific therapist like myself, what was the biggest difference between those two therapists? Um, there was a difference in exercises. You know, I'd say I was doing initially were the, the main ones that you would look up for posterior tibial tendonitis. And not that those were wrong, but they also weren't progressing me. And so, you know, I, I know the exercises you started adding in were a lot of core, more single-legged things, but I also got more of a discussion and feedback about how those exercises were supposed to work, how I was supposed to notice the progress through them, and just I kind of understood more about what I was doing. Um, there were fewer, you know, I wasn't doing eight different exercises, which was just a lot for me mentally. And if there's anything I've learned since I started being a, a very consistent athlete, it's that you do have to find a way for it to work mentally. So if 90 minutes of PT wasn't doing it, you know, I got to find something else. So I actually do it. So there was a difference in exercises. And for me, it was, again, just going back to that mentality of wait and rest, but here's how to start moving through it. You know, I did ride my bike some through it, but instead of saying, you know, don't go to the gym or take it really light. Like we talked about specifically what I could do at the gym. Um, and so and I think, you know, I know my body was ready to heal at that time, but having that mindset where I started to feel empowered and proactive again in my recovery, um, that did a lot. Awesome. So you got past that injury, got back to running pain free at that point. Actually, I want to back up for a second before you injured yourself, you were going to CrossFit, you were running. How often like how many times per week were you doing each of those? I was running six days a week and I was crossfitting three to four days a week. And I was probably going hard at almost every crossfit session. And my runs were basically all the same pace. One day I might do like five hill repeats, but I was just running at the same pace six days a week. Let's take a quick break to talk about true nutrition. True Nutrition is a supplement company, and yes, they do have the prepackaged bulk type performance supplements that a lot of companies have. But what I absolutely love about them are their customized options. You can get protein powder with a wide variety of types of protein in it and choose what flavoring you want on it. And along with that, throw in some different boosts to maybe help decrease your inflammation or improve your endurance, improve your recovery, really make it for what you and your body needs. And not only performance, they also have healthy food options as well. You can customize smoothies and oatmeal to really be what you want. So it's a very quick and easy breakfast option or even on the go option. So check out everything that they have at truenutrition.com. And if you use code GYF, you can save 5% on your order. And you can also check out all of my partnerships at getyourfixpt.com slash partners. And now back to our conversation. So once you are off your injury, back to running, 
you decided to look into getting a run coach or a coach in general, um, because you did still have these goals of your marathon and your goals have since progressed to other things, which is awesome. I love your goals that you have, but what, what went into that thought process behind like who to work with and like what you were looking for in a coach? Absolutely. Because a lot went into that decision. Um, I have been thinking about a coach since the year prior, but I felt like I was doing okay for a while. Um, but I, I definitely when it, when I got injured, it was like, I need to, I could really benefit from the experience of others. So I started just following different coaches and accounts on social media. I still follow a bunch of coaches on Instagram that I find really helpful information constantly. Um, I've joined several running specific, I know that's how we connected. Um, so I first started just like, I didn't need to pick a coach right away, especially when I was as injured as I was and, and couldn't, <laughs> I need a run coach at the moment. Um, but I did know I was probably going to want one in the future, especially knowing that I felt like my tricky one. So I just didn't want to risk, uh, hurting myself again or making it something that was more permanent of an injury. So it started by just following coaches and seeing what they were all about. I did not grow up a runner or an athlete. I was more of a dancer and a cheerleader. So I've never really had coaches in a sense. So for me at first was just figuring out what is a coach? What do they do? Um, I noticed there are different coaching styles. You know, there are some coaches that are great at keeping people motivated and feeling empowered in their running. Um, for me, I wanted more uh, technical expertise about my training program. I, I'm super type A, so I love to see progress. I track all my stats. Um, so as I was watching coaches, kind of looking for those things, um, and then, you know, I was looking at the experience and what people offered. So for me, also finding strength training to complement my running was, I didn't know what that was going to look like. Um, when I started doing that, I was like, oh, this is, this is more, way more boring than CrossFit. <laughs> um, but I, I was humble enough to keep trying it. And so that wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking for just a run coach that was going to give me a run program. I really wanted to integrate it both. And I wanted to work with somebody that had a, a clear understanding of my injury and of an athlete's personality to kind of help get me back to running because I was as excited as I was. I was also very, very nervous to get back to running too. Yeah. And that final point is such an important one or that comment is such an important one of being nervous to return just because that fear of injury, a re-injury is so big with, re with return um, that it can be really tough to overcome, especially if you don't have a good, plan or strategy in place. Absolutely. And I felt like a lot of the PT I got in the beginning of my injury was just, okay, you have to be pain-free. And it, you know, if, if it creates any pain, you can't do it. We have to rest for another week. Um, and so, and I probably would have had that mentality going back into my return to run had I not started working with somebody to coach me through that process for me to understand okay, this pain is normal pain associated with a weaker muscle returning to running. This is the kind of pain we need to, to watch out for. And so again, I felt empowered to start moving 
and it didn't always feel great. Uh, I, I didn't really experience pain when running, but there was definitely discomfort after runs that I had to monitor um, for weeks and even to, to a small extent months after getting back to it. But I knew how to navigate that water so much better. That's awesome. So you mentioned that the strength training aspect was very different than the CrossFit you were used to and it was a little boring, which is totally understandable. When we're looking at, so you were doing CrossFit three to four days a week, you were running six days a week. Once you started working with a run, with the coach, with my, with myself and working with a better, with a different program, I should say, not necessarily better, but different. Um, how many days a week are you doing each now? We, um, I know when we first started talking, one of my big goals, the first thing I think I said was first was a lifetime of running. Second was I want to run six days a week. I love starting my day with a run for a number of reasons. And I was so set on that goal. Um, and you were like, okay, let's work up to it and try it. By the time, you know, and the return to run program I did started with three days a week, four days a week, and we got up to five days a week. And I remember we touched base and it was like, at that point I had figured myself out and I was enjoying feeling really good. My body felt excellent. And so we said, all right, two rest, two running rest days a week is working. Let's do that. And, and that shows such a mind, a mindset switch for me and, and I learning to listen to my body and respond up when all of a sudden one of my biggest goals has changed. So I, I now run five days a week. That works really good for me. Um, and then the lifting was about three times a week and it was not, there are certainly days that all like go hard, but not like when you give it all out at a CrossFit Metcon. Um, and I think that has resulted in more strategic and consistent improvement than when I was just laying it all out every day. And like you, you mentioned in there, you um, kind of mentioned in passing, but you aren't running six days a week, but that doesn't mean you're not training on those on, you do have one rest day, but that other day you still are doing something. It's not that you're just taking hundred percent complete rest that day. Um, we're just doing things different. So you're not running that day. Absolutely. Yeah. Pairing. I think we've got, we've always had a couple two days in my schedule because my schedule allows for it. I'm, you know, I'm fortunate that I've got a pretty open and flexible schedule that allows me to train the way I want to. Um, but the, and those reductions have certainly made a difference in, in my long-term just ability to keep going. Now, how did the actual running itself change? Cause we, we didn't just change days, but we changed also what you're doing. We did. We, uh, we did work on my form. Um, I remember when we first started working together, we talked, you were talking about the gait assessment and I was still so nervous to run. I don't think we did that for like two months. Uh, it was a while before I said, okay, I'll run 50 feet. <laughs> um, I was really nervous about that. But I, last year I have been running on the balls of my feet primarily. And it never, you know, being a self-taught runner, I never really understood what that meant. I'm kind of a toe walker anyways. So I think that contributed to my injury. I was probably doing some overstriding. There were just a lot of things that were off. So we did do that gait analysis that got my form back to where it should be. Um, I've, I've done a ton of research, you know, outside of, of our working relationship on one of the great things, like I get from you what I should focus on. And then 
I obviously can ask questions of my coach, but I love to do my own research. So I'll just go dive down a, a, some deep dive of running form and watching videos of strides. So getting, getting that stride right, um, it certainly made a difference. And it's always something, you know, like now winter running. It's, it's been challenging with, I live in Northern Wisconsin. So snow, ice, all of that, it's been a, and because I'm not training for any pace goals at this moment to go back and say, okay, let's check in with that form. Let's see if I can turn my feet over a little faster and get the cadence up. Um, let's make sure the posterior chain is awake and, and driving things when I'm doing this. So doing all of that also played a injury and staying pain-free. Awesome. And then your, you are no longer just running the same pace, same distance every single day either now, are you? No, we've, we've definitely mixed it up. And that was something that I didn't really, in the research I did last, encountered. And I don't think that running the same pace um, every run is necessarily bad for training for your first half or getting started into running. But as much as I was training, it wasn't working. So now the introduction of speed intervals this year, which I did not really like at first because I've never liked going fast. I like going long. Um, but I've actually started to really like going fast. And as you know, now I'm like, I'm going faster than I ever even thought I could physically run. So uh, that, and I never ever would have probably tried speed intervals on my own. So there's speed intervals, there's tempo runs, hill repeats, short, easy runs, and then a long run has been the, the usual five day week schedule. And the one thing I am like, I get so excited when I see your posts all the time because you started hitting new PRs like super fast into our time together and you're still constantly hitting new PRs just on your training runs you're like hitting a new like half marathon PR and doing some crazy things so um like what have your improvements been um when we're talking about like pace or distance or confidence like what has those improvements what have those improvements been since we've been working together Absolutely. Um, I'll start on distance. You know, I mentioned 2019, I was training for that first marathon, um, which I was able to run my first marathon this year. And it wasn't an easy one. I tackled a very, very hilly trail marathon here in my hometown. And I ran it virtually alone, totally unsupported. So that was, it was as much as I would have loved a typical marathon experience, in some ways, it was the perfect end to that huge goal of mine. Um, and it was my dream race the way it played out. So I got to run my first 26.2. Um, I think I only ran one organized half this year, but I've run 15 half marathons or longer in the past 10 months. I ran thousand miles total in 2020, even though I wasn't even able to start running in March. So, and again, going from a casual runner who would maybe run 20 miles a week or who wouldn't run for six months, this is like, this is just complete life changing. Um, and then pace wise, I was always like an 11 to 12 minute runner through through most of my twenties. Last year I got down to where my long runs could usually stay around 945 on the road. Um, so I was seeing some improvement. I was getting faster, but then this year was really when 
started running faster than I ever thought I would be capable of running as kind of a casual runner who doesn't really like to go fast. Um, I now, I mean, my trail marathon this year isn't really exemplary of pace just because trail marathons and hills are entirely different, but I, I did a, a half marathon in under two hours. So that was a 908 pace. That was a couple weeks ago. My speed intervals, I think my for 800s, which we do a lot of those repeats, I've got those down to about eight minutes. Um, my 5K is down to like an 828 pace. I think I've got, what did I do? 10 miles at 838 earlier this fall. So it just is, to even be seeing the eights is is wild for me. It's mind boggling. But now I'm I'm really excited to see what I can do and where I can go with that. Um, slow down here just because of the extreme cold and the running conditions. But that's one of the big 2021 goals for me is to run that four run a marathon in under four hours. So and that's been one of the cool things about being so consistent and having this training plan, following it for months, getting to know the ebbs and flows of your body and how we cycle my training. You know, heading that two hour marathon or half marathon was a total surprise to me. I did not set out to do that. But my body is just responding really well <laughs> and the fitness keeps in increasing. So that has been so much fun. Um, and had I not been humbled enough and frankly, probably discouraged enough from that injury to really open my mind to training the right way, uh, I, I wouldn't be seeing the performance improvements I have. Um, and then another thing just came to mind that kind of going back to your actual programming is we have you cycling where you're doing three weeks hard, one week easy. And I know when you first saw that, you were like, I don't know about this, but um, how do you feel that process, like for your body, how are you feeling that process works? Oh, it has been wonderful. I know that, that's where do I start? Like, I love every part of my four-week process. <laughs> um, I know when I start a new cycle, Usually that Monday training run is when I hit a lot of PRs. Um, and sometimes it happens, but that seeing that improvement after a back off week has been like, really, it, you just can't deny that the back off week works. Um, back off week, I've learned timing is all back down and this should all feel easy. So the first or second back off weeks where my body felt kind of just not, not as good as usual, I was like, this is weird. But I've been at this. I mean, we've gone through week cycles now. So I know that's just how my body feels when it's healing. Sometimes by the end of that week, I'll start to get bolts like of energy and my legs will just feel like. Um, and it helps me moderate my output, I would say, because, you know, especially doing CrossFit and you're in there with all these other athletes that love to go hard. And I love that mentality. I love being around those people. Um, but when you're training for a goal, you know, your goal is not just that day. It's months down the road. And so the, the four-week training cycle has really taught me how much I can put out knowing what I have coming up. Uh, you know, if I'm in that last third, that third week of buildup and next week is back off week and I'm feeling good, sure, let's, let's throw it down a little extra. But 
you know, if I'm not feeling great, that's the other thing. I know back off week is coming. Um, you know, I know we had to adjust one of my back off weeks this fall and really back it off because I was having some some small pains that we found were <laughs> related to sitting in the woods too much. Um, but the, that cycle has given me some flexibility to, to respond to my body. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Des, thank you so much for your time. If someone has questions for you, if someone just wants to follow you because you're awesome and you have awesome goals, how can someone find you? Absolutely. Thanks. Um, I'm on Instagram, EZXB. And then I'm also on Facebook, uh, Desmond X Bennett. You can always shoot me a message there, but it's pretty easy to find me on Instagram. Uh, you broke up just a little bit there. Can you repeat your Instagram? Absolutely. It's Des XB, D-E-Z-X-B. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you again so much. It was a pleasure talking with you. Always is a pleasure talking with you. And good luck with your continued training. Thanks, Brian. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. And before I close out, I have two questions for you. Do you feel like you're in a plateau with your progress? Or do you feel like you're stuck in an injury cycle? Both of these issues are very common and both of them can be fixed very easily. Most often, both of these issues come down to how you're training or more importantly, what's missing in your training. By figuring out what's missing and adding that in, your training performance will improve, your racing performance will improve, and your injury cycle will break. I invite you to get on a free 30-minute consultation call with me to discuss what's going on with you, your life, your training, so we can really figure out what needs to be done to improve that. So head over to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash doc to book a free call with me. Thank you again for listening today. I greatly appreciate it and I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And until next time, let's go out and be highly functional.